Why do I talk myself out of seeing me 
Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Would you stand, wave with somebody across the room, let them know you're glad they're here this morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, God, you see that mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. There's nothing impossible for you.
Father. He is good. Amen. Praise you. Father, we give you all of the glory. We thank you for being where we are, God, that when we gather together, you are there in our midst, that you inhabit the praises of your people, that your name would be glorified here this morning. Sing that again. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Cause you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here turning lives around. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, mending every heart, I worship you, yeah I worship you, cause you are way
keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, would you declare that this morning? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Because even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, cause that is who you are. Cause that is who you are. Cause that just declare that that God you are our way maker our miracle worker our promise keeper that is who you are that is who you are that is who you are you're my way maker that is who you are
we make her miracle worker promise keeper that is who you are that is who you are that is who you are who you are God, you never fail us, and you never will, because that is who you are, that is who you are. You never fail us, and you never will, because that is who you are, that is who you are. That is who you are, that is who you are. That is who you are. The one who makes a way, miracles every day. Promises never fail, that is who you are making ways promises every day that is who you are that is who you are come on would you lift your hands and receive whatever you've been standing strong for whatever you've been standing in faith for our god is bigger our god is stronger than any obstacle he's the one who makes a way the one who always keeps his promises, the one that never fails. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise you, hallelujah, hallelujah. Our God is greater. Our God is bigger and our God is stronger than any situation. The one who always makes a way. Come on, it doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter what you see with your natural eyes. Our God is bigger and we walk by faith, hallelujah. According to his riches and glory, praise you, Heavenly Father, for your word is true. The one who makes a way, praise you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you 
Praise you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Lord. It's the God of the impossible, amen. us this morning because water you turned into wine open the eyes of the blind there's no one like you there's none like you and into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. verses again this morning the God of the impossible the God that does miracles hallelujah sing water you turned into wine in water you turned into wine and open the eyes of the blind there's no one like you there's none like Into the darkness you shine, and out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. There's none like you. Sing our God, because our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, our God, sing our God, cause our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power. declaration together this morning that when God is on our side nothing can come against us that shall prosper hallelujah that his name is bigger and if our God is for us then who could ever stop us and if our God is with us then what could stand against and if our God is for us then who 
of our hearts, that you would heal every broken heart, that you would heal every physical sickness. God, we take you at your word and we trust in you. And we speak life to every situation represented here this morning. That the words that we speak have life and power because you gave us our very breath, God. Your spirit speaking through us, that we speak life to these situations. Life into our finances, life into our health. God, we give you all of the glory and we trust in you. We put you in your word first and we trust in you. And we simply say thank you. That the battle is won, that the victory is ours, that the needs are met. Father, we thank you for the people in this room here today and watching online. God, these are your children. This is your family. Do what only you can do. Where the world has fallen flat and can't meet needs and can't meet satisfaction, God, you are the healer, you are the provider, and you are the lovers of our soul. That we would trust in you, that we would find our hope in you, that we'd live lives that shout the name of Jesus. So that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Christ is Lord for your glory, Heavenly Father. Life, life, life. The name of Jesus is greater. Would you just hold on to that name, the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The name of Jesus. 
Father, sometimes we may not know what to say, we may not know to ask, but we know the name of Jesus is bigger. We don't know everything that's coming against us, God, but we're thankful that your hand has always been upon us, that you've hidden us under your wings, Father, that one day we'll sit back and we'll realize how truly good that you have been to us, that the moments that we felt alone that you were there, the moments that we were hurting that you were there, the moments that we didn't even know the devil was after us, you were there fighting him off every single way. Praise you, Heavenly Father. God, we are just grateful to be part of your family, to have a Heavenly Father who loves us, who never leaves us, and who always wants us. God, thank you for ministering to every heart here today. Fill them up, Lord, like only you can do. You know the needs of every single one, the hurts of every single one, the victories of every single one. Minister life this morning, Heavenly Father. This is your church, God. You are welcome in this place. God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, one more time as a family, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Come on, isn't he good? Would you give him a shout this morning? Praise you, Heavenly Father, for you are good. Your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is good, amen. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Come on, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Aren't you glad that you're in the house of the Lord this morning? Aren't you glad you're surrounded by believers who love you and trust in the Heavenly Father who wants more than enough for you? Amen. Would you shake hands with somebody? Let them know that you are glad they are here this morning. Give them a hug, a handshake, a high five. are already making their way so kids you can be dismissed and head to your class with Miss Karen over there don't you love having the little ones in worship with us isn't that good God is good it's good to worship as a family and just know that they are watching you <laughs> kids are dismissed so now they're not watching you anymore but we want to make sure that we welcome everybody uh, here this morning everybody that's watching online we're just so grateful that you are here in the building that you're watching online that you're part of our church family uh, 
Where else would you rather be on a Sunday morning? It's not football season. Where else would you rather be than in the house of the Lord with your family, giving our Heavenly Father praise and worship? Amen. A uh, few things that we want to let you know this morning. We also have the Connect cards there in the seat backs in front of you. Uh, you can uh, mark this thing for all kinds of things. If there's information you want us to know, if you want to be in contact, if you need prayer, if you want to be involved in ministries, that's all things that you can take care of on this con uh, Connect card uh, to let us know that we have your right address. Some of you move and don't tell us, and so we send you birthday cards and all this kind of fun stuff, and comes back to us. So make sure that we have your up-to-date information and anything that you may need that we can help serve you with. Make sure you fill out on those Connect cards as well. We want to make you aware of a few things coming up. Uh, we have VBS coming up for our kids here at the end of June. I believe VBS is June 27th through 29th. That's ages 4 through 11. Uh, it says, Roar, God is Good. <laughs> Make a joyful noise, right? Roar is our theme this year about boldly declaring the name of the Lord. We have songs, games, have them invite their friends. It's always a blast, and all of the leaders go home tired at the end of every single day. So make sure you have them sign up for that. Uh, we also have youth camp coming up. I think it's actually the week right before that. It's June 22nd through 25th is our youth summer camp. Uh, we, we always go away and have a good time. We leave the cell phones and electronics at home, uh, so they're forced to actually have conversations with people, which they don't have to have on a daily basis. But we get together, we discuss God's word, we play games, we, dig, we dive into worship. It's an amazing experience. Uh, so make sure to sign up. Uh, your children ages incoming 6th through exiting 12th grade uh, are all invited to that. You can sign up and find more information online. Uh, so make sure that you tell all your young people about that. There's also a kids camp. Lots of camps coming up this summer. Let me see if I have kids camp information. That is Wednesday, July 12th uh, through Thursday, July 13th. It's an overnighter here at the church. Uh, all kinds of fun. We keep them up really late and send them to you sugared up uh, the next day after getting to spend some time in the word and with their friends in church. Amen. Uh, a few quick things to let you know of. Terry Myers will be ministering with us on June 18th. I believe that's Father's Day, so be sure to mark your calendars to be here for that as well. Uh, and then in the building today, we have Charles Graham back with us again. This is Charles. Everybody say hi to Charles. A longtime friend uh, of the church. He was with us, I think, a month or two ago uh, and just blesses, blesses us every time that, he, that he's here. So he's going to come minister to us here uh, shortly as well. Uh, guys, we wanted to make sure to make you aware, Dar Darlene Migliori, uh, is, a, is a lady that you would recognize. She just sits in the back with her husband. She's been in the ICU for the past few days. Um, she asked uh, for us to agree with her for wisdom for the doctors to treat her lungs and that she responds to the treatment and for God's healing power to quicken her mortal body. So we're gonna go ahead uh, and pray along with that for the offering. Uh, gentlemen, these gentlemen for the offering, they have envelopes. If you need help, they're in the seat backs in front. If you need anything from these guys, just raise your hand. But isn't it good to be able to give? Amen. The, come on, God's blessed you. When you understand how much he's blessed you, it's easy to give back just a little bit. Come on. Isn't he good? Everything that we have is good from our Heavenly Father. Everything that's come from him is good. When you realize that we are here to serve him, to worship him, it should make giving easy. Giving your time, giving your finances, giving everything back to him because he gave it all for Come on. Isn't God good? So we're going to go ahead and pray over the offering uh, this morning uh, and then also for Darlene. Father, we just lift up this situation with Darlene. God, your name is bigger. You gave us that name of Jesus that every knee would bow. It's the name that's higher than any other name. So sickness, we command you to die in the name of Jesus. 
that you have no place here in her body, Holy Spirit. We agree with her according to her faith that the doctors would have wisdom in how to treat her and that her body responds quickly to the treatment and that, God, your healing power moves in her body now. In Jesus' name, God, we give you all of the glory. Thank you that we can stand on your word that is above any doctor's report, above any symptom. Be with her, God. Give her peace. Let her know that she's not alone, that you are there with her, that her church family is standing in faith with her. Move in her body now, God. Thank you that it's done, Father, that when we pray, we believe we receive when we pray, so we stand in agreement that it is done by the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. How blessed we truly are, God that you've been there all the time and that these little things that we give back are so simple when we keep you in perspective and the things that you've done. So God, take this offering, multiply it, use it, do what you need done in this place, in this church, in this city, in this nation, and in this world so that people would have the chance to know your love, your mercy, and your grace just as we have. It's so good to be able to give, God. Let us see every day the blessings that we have to know that you are always fighting for us. You are always on our side, that your name is greater. God, we give you all the glory and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, would you do me a favor and put your hands together for Mr. Charles Graham, who's going to come and minister to us this morning. What a blessing it is to be with you again. We serve an amazing God. The Bible says, have you not known, have you not heard that the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither grows weary. Oh Lord, my God, when I and wonder consider all the worlds thou hands of may I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior, come to thee. great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul 
And when I think that our God, his own son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in <laughs> that all Thou art. Amen. In my journey of faith, I'm thankful for learning that he must increase and I must decrease. And the journey is sweet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Lord, I want to be 
a servant of the King. And I want my life to be inspired by all you bring. But for this, I must die. But Lord, it's awfully hard to know the reasons why. Isn't there some way I can save a piece of me? Isn't there somehow you can take this cup from me? I hear you whispering, this is all it has to be. Lord, it's awfully hard to say goodbye to me. Hold me close as I say goodbye to me. Let my heart know that you are all I need. I'll stay here on my knees until I have the strength to say goodbye to me. Tired of living somewhere in between Of my love for you and my love for me Take whatever's left of me I sacrifice it, Lord, to thee Thank you, Lord. Help me cast down every idol that I've built and lay them all Calvary's blood was spilled. That's where you sacrificed yourself for me. It's my turn, Lord, to die for Thee. Hold me close as I say goodbye to me. Let my heart know that You are all I need. I'll stay. strength to say goodbye to me. Oh Lord, I'm tired of living somewhere in between of my love for you and my love for me. Take whatever's left of me, I sacrifice it. 
to me Thank you, Lord Good boy to me Let's all stand together and let's make our confession. This is our year of Jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read this morning from John chapter 14. Beginning in verse one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. Folks, this is the recounting of the last time that Jesus was with his disciples before he went to the cross. John's gospel was written many years after the others. And in one sense, it seems that he's tying up some loose ends, sharing some things that haven't been shared before by the other gospel accounts. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? I usually try to give the disciples the benefit of the doubt whenever possible. But the things that are recounted in this story, in John chapter 14, are really hard to understand or comprehend when you think that these were the people that were with Jesus uh, for his three and a half years of ministry and all the things that he did. So Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will satisfy us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Folks, there's a... In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22... It tells us that the word of God is life unto those that find it and health to all their flesh. There's a, a discovery process to the word of God. And not everybody that has the word finds it or discovers it. Jesus said very plainly, he that has seen me has seen the Father. 
Now we know also in, in Matthew chapter 16, it tells us about when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answered, some say you're Elijah or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus turned to them and said, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus commends him. He said, flesh and blood has not shown this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So this discovery process has a supernatural aspect. According to Jesus' words, Peter knew that he was the Holy, uh, knew that he was the Son of God by the working or the revelation of the Holy Ghost. That would be what being shown by the Father would take, the form it would take. But these are guys that had been with him for three and a half years, have seen all the miracles. They saw Lazarus raised from the dead. Yet they're not convinced that he's the son of God. Now over in James chapter one, verse two, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations or troubles, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James tells the church, Christians that would read this letter, first and foremost, the troubles that you're in have a supernatural effect or impact on your life. And notice he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. But he tells you how you, can, how you can do that. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Folks, if you don't know that, if you don't accept in the middle of the trouble of the hard places we find ourselves in this life, if you don't know that the trying of your faith is a very vital and important work and it has value in and of itself, then there's no way you're ever gonna be able to count it joy in the midst of the trouble you're in. Even knowing that, it makes it difficult. But without that knowledge, and there are so many believers in this world that don't have that knowledge. And so they just bear through the time, no matter how long it takes, without any benefit received or reaped. Galatians chapter three tells us in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Here's why he did that. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, which means God doesn't want us to experience the curse of the law. It's talking about Jesus' substitutionary work. The last verse of this third chapter goes further and says, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Turn back with me to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter eight. Deuteronomy is is, uh, primarily Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel. He knows he's not gonna go into the promised land. Joshua will be taking over for him to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Verse one, all the commandments which I command thee this day shalt thou observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep my commandments or not. Now folks, we know that God did not cause them to be in the wilderness That was something they did uh, uh, to themselves. Numbers chapter 13 tells us about how they rejected God and operated in, in what the Bible calls an evil heart of unbelief. They rejected God's instruction to take the promised land. They didn't believe that God was big enough to help them. to take possession of that promised land. And so they brought upon themselves the consequence, which was the 40 years in the wilderness. But even though they caused it and brought it on themselves, God used this as an opportunity to see whether they would obey his word or not, to know what was in their heart, whether thou would keep the commandments or not. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. This phrase, which the fathers knew not, speaks of a situation or an experience where something that could not be explained was used by God to challenge them, to challenge them as to whether or not they'd put the word of God first place in their lives or if they'd just ignore what God was doing and complain about it for 40 years which is what most of them did. He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that by that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God does man live. You may remember in Matthew chapter four, when Jesus was tempted of the devil, the devil said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Jesus 
speaks this verse of scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out, the, out of the mouth of God. So that tells us that the unexplained thing that the manna was and how it would appear every morning and be gathered up by the children of Israel and provide sustenance for them was intended by God to teach the people that the word of God would meet all their needs no matter what they were. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 4 goes on, Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. And thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chastens or disciplines his son, so the Lord thy God disciplines thee. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring up out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and has built goodly houses and dwell therein. And when the herds and flocks multiply and thy silver and the gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then, then thy heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. There are examples more numerous to count. Maybe everyone in this room has experienced sometime when God met your needs in a way that could not be explained. That's what the manna represents. And the things that God said would take place as a result of taking the promised land when the people eat and are, and are full, when they build goodly houses to live in, when their money is multiplied and their work is increased and everything that you have is multiplied, there's a, a warning that God gives to the people which is a warning I think would do us well to give heed to as well. When the blessings of God are realized, that's a place where the devil comes in and tempts people to forget that God is the one that blessed them.
God doesn't want to keep you from good things. But it's important, probably more important, to remember what he's done for you when times are good than when times are bad. God's used to people coming to him when times are bad. But it's a different thing to keep the word first place in your life and make room for the things of God when things are going well. Verse 14, then thy heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein there were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not. He keeps saying that same phrase about manna. that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou shalt say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Turn back a page or two to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Beginning in verse 12, it says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep thee, keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, the corn, and the wine, and thine oil, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed of all, all people, and there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon them, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee, Turn with me to Proverbs, to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Still talking about the curse of the law. Verse 22, it says, The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and a fever, and with an inflammation and with extreme burning, and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Further down in Deuteronomy 28, verse 27, The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt, and with the emeralds and with the scab and with the itch whereof thou canst not be healed. Even incurable skin conditions are a part of the curse of the law that God will deliver us from by keeping his word. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart, and thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Further in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 35, it says, The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore bosh that cannot be healed, 
from the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head. Further down, In verse 59, Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful in the place of thy seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, then will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. All according to the attitude that we have toward the word of God. Christ has redeemed us from all of these things. Sickness certainly being a big part of it. Now in Luke chapter 13, we have a, an example of God's attitude concerning the curse of the law. Luke chapter 13, verse 10, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he, he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I want you to notice something in verse 12. Jesus said that she was loose before she was made straight. Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And said unto the people, there are six days which men ought to work, and then therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, here's why Jesus thought she needed to be healed, and ought not this woman, number one, being a daughter of Abraham, and number two, who Satan has bound low these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Jesus heals this woman because he identifies her as the daughter of Abraham and that Satan is the oppressor. And she's been bound these 18 years. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Romans chapter 4. Verse 17. Talking about God dealing with Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. This phrase, before him whom he believed, needs to be interpreted specifically for you to understand 
what's being talked about here. It means before him who believed. It's talking about that Abraham became an imitator of God. He became like unto God. Now Paul writes these things by the Holy Ghost. And so if Abraham became an imitator or like unto God, he's going to have to tell us what Abraham did for us to understand the example of faith that we're given to follow. So the example he gives us is two characteristics about God. First, who quickens the dead, makes dead things alive. And second, calls those things which he be not as which be not as though they were. Now God making dead things alive is described to us in the creation account in Genesis chapter one. How did God turn death into life? He spoke. He said, let there be light. He spoke the boundaries of the oceans into existence. He spoke the moon and the sun and the stars in heaven. So Abraham became an imitator of God or like unto God in these respects. He speaks life to his body. And he calls things that be not as though they were. He began to use the name that God gave him. This is where God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And because he's speaking of himself as the father of many nations, before he becomes the father of many nations, He's calling things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. He had no physical circumstance in his body to rely on. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. He had no physical evidence in his body or that his body would produce children, an heir, even one child. So what is he going to rely on? He can't look at his body and say, well, I can trust in my body to do the work that God created it to do. His body stopped functioning in that manner. He only has one thing to go on, he has only one reason to speak life to his body and call those things which be not as though they were. And that was God had spoken, so shall thy seed be. That's the only thing he had. He had one promise from God. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead 
when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, God was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. I grew up in a Baptist church. And this Baptist church was well attended. It was a pretty large church for the time and the small town setting that it was in. And I met some people there that loved God with all of their heart. And I remember after I started hanging around with one of the kids that I played ball with and we just became really good friends, every time they would sit down to eat at the dinner table, they had this little square box, plastic box, that had scripture promises in it. And they would pull a promise from that box out and use that for the blessing over the food. And I was shocked. I had never been in a situation where anybody prayed for their food. And I'd never been in a place where people used the Bible in any manner whatsoever in, in daily life. I remember that there was a time where the kids in our Sunday school class promised, we were kind of stiff-armed into it, but we promised that we would read the Bible through you know, in one year, in a period of one year. Now, this was before the one-year Bibles came out. And so we started and we kept up. I think the longest one of us lasted for about two weeks. And I remember being excited about the promise, the promise that I made that I would read the Bible through. I had never read the Bible. I had read some things in Sunday school class or things like that perhaps, but it didn't turn out to be much of anything at all. And these were people that loved God with all of their hearts. And none of us had the discipline or the strength to keep up with the promise that we made. And I remember to this day reading starting in Genesis, of course. And I remember that there were things that I would read through and, and see much of it for the first time. But the word was dead. We had respect for the Bible and we would fight to the death 
if somebody said the Bible wasn't the word of God. But how could the word of God be so irrelevant And what kind of person would it take to read the Bible through? The reason it was dead to us is because we never heard or had any information about how to make it alive by speaking it. We had never heard a, a message, a teaching in any respect on confession or the importance of saying the word of God, speaking the word of God to your problems or to the trouble that you find yourself in. That was, it wasn't just a foreign concept. It was an unknown concept. But Abraham knew, understood about it. He understood that being like God, transforming himself into the likeness of God in this respect, came by speaking to the problems or the circumstances, just like God did when he created the world. But the blessing of Abraham came to him in an impossible circumstance. When his body was dead, when he was about 100 years old, but by acting as God did, by speaking to the dead circumstance, it brought life to his flesh. By calling things that be not as though they were, by saying that he was the father of many nations because God named him such, he changed everything about his life. Now, it didn't change God. God had considered him to be the father of many nations from the time that he first appeared to him when he was 75 years old. It hadn't changed the promise that God made. So God didn't change and the promise didn't change. The only thing that changed was Abraham. And his confession changed him. His confession changed him and changed the circumstance, changed the condition of his body and Sarah's body, and changed their lives by receiving the child, Isaac, when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90.
Folks, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, that's the time when we show what we really have on the inside of us. If we've made a commitment to put God's word first and to keep his word first in our lives, then the trouble that you're in is the perfect place for you to find out just how good God is and just how true his word is. Now, most Christians don't know that. Most Christians don't know about confessing the word any more than we did as kids. And so most people just hunker down and try to endure whatever is going on rather than gain the victory over it and, and defeat the devil's attempt to overrun our lives. But every hard place is meant to be an environment where you find out God is who he says that he is. Every battle is designed for you to gain victory and win the victory and recognize that God's word is true and to recognize that God is on your side. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, folks, think about who this is written to. This is not written to a Jewish church. It's written to the Gentiles. And what it tells us is that Paul, who was the first one in that region, he was the one that established the church. A part of his church teaching or church doctrine had to be the history of the Jews. Because if he doesn't teach them about Abraham, then what are they going to know about the blessing of Abraham or why it's important? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, folks, it would be real easy to say that receiving the promise of the Spirit through faith is more important than the blessings of Abraham that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and 28. 
But the Holy Ghost put the emphasis on the blessing of Abraham. The Holy Ghost put the emphasis on the things in this life that we experience. He's the one that told us about the things that God said. What the good land was like, what the promised land was like. He's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that identifies that God wants us to increase, to be provided for, to have goodly houses and multiplied silver and gold in flocks and herds and everything that we put our hand to to prosper. And Jesus went to the cross as our substitute to redeem us from that curse of the law redeem us from sickness and disease, to redeem us, be our substitute for the failures and the disobedience that has plagued each and every one of us. Christ's redemptive work is described first and foremost to bring you into fellowship with the Heavenly Father that loves you enough to prosper you and to increase you many times over. And when we learn how good God is, serving Him then becomes an easy affair. And Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. We don't see any occasion in the four Gospels of anybody that came to Jesus for healing when Jesus refused to minister healing to them. We have no example of Jesus saying, no, God wants you sick to teach you something. Jesus knew immediately what that woman in Luke chapter 13 was experiencing. He knew that she was held bound by the devil because God doesn't bind anybody. And he knew and declared that she deserved to be free. Because sickness is a part of the curse of the law. 
Acts 10, 38, tells us Peter, preaching at Cornelius' house, tells them how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. But what did Jesus do when he came in contact with, the, with those who were oppressed of the devil with sickness and disease? He set them free without exception, without condition. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Say this after me. I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. I've been redeemed from poverty and lack. I've been redeemed from every evil work. And I have been transported into the kingdom of God. Folks, if that dawned on us, and we came to accept that as truth. It would turn the world upside down. I believe that's one of the great works of God in the last days. I'm even going to make a prediction here. I believe that there will be another pandemic within the next couple of years. And I believe that as that pandemic sets the world on its head, the healing power of God will be manifested. There's never been a time in the history of the world when there's a greater need for God's healing power than now. And I believe that the display of God's healing power will bring about or carry us into a revival that sweeps the world. So you write that down. And in the next couple of years, you tell me whether we're right or wrong. Let's close with making our confession again. This is our year of jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we love you. We bless you. We magnify your holy name. Thank you, Father, that you have shown yourself to be more than able to keep us from evil, to heal us, and to provide for us. 
Thank you, Father. That you're the God that's more than enough. Because we put your word first, Father, we have a right to claim your, your best and your highest blessing. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. Thanks for being with us.